Rob Love, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Cindy. Hey, let's cut the formalities. They've got a really huge update, probably the biggest ever. What's that? Well, uh, I was walking through the park uh, yesterday, and uh, Buddy flew up for a peanut, and um, he, he took a peanut directly from my hand. Um, I saw that on Twitter. It's magnificent. It's fantastic. It's monumental. I feel like this is a huge day for, um, you know, uh, interspecies friendships. Well, also, it's kind of a big deal because Buddy is the partner of your crow crush, Knuckles. Oh, he's, uh, he's Knuckles' dad. Oh, never mind. Her, bo- I thought Buddy was the blonde need boyfriend. Okay, Buddy's the no, dad. Buddy's the dad. And the one with the knees, the one with the blonde knees, that's the knees. What's his name? Knees. Knees. <laughs> no. Yeah, so you got, you got knees and knuckles, knuckles and knees, mm-hmm. and then, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I feel much better about this, because at first I was like, what a crow cuck. Are you for befriending Knuckles' boyfriend? But now that I know that it's Knuckles' dad, that's good because you do want to win approval of the father. That's true. That's true. Well, Mazel Tov. Um, hey, yeah, thank you, thank you. It was quite a, it was quite a mitzvah. Um, what uh, else? What else is new, Rob? Well, just on a side. Note, programming note. Um, are you recording this? Because oh, yeah. I can't. Okay, because we're going to have to go with just my phone call recording. Uh, oh, no. Did something happen with your microphone and or computer? Uh, the, there's a faulty wire, a faulty cord that oh. I can't quite single out. So the computer keeps cutting out and just loses the screen and everything. And it's like, I. Yeah, so I can't, it's not reliable. So we're we're just going al fresco. We're going old school today. Um, that's why Alyssa might notice the sound quality is, is, is can not s- up to snuff. Can someone please buy Rob Love a computer? Because we can't live like this. He's got a great sounding microphone and nothing to plug it into. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah like a plug without a socket. I am so mad at technology, but that's what it does, is it continues to disappoint. <laughs> it sure does. Reliably so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Unfortunate. Well, we might have to switch to Skype um, recording then, um, just because it is a better sound quality uh, than, um, than the phone plugged into my... Uh, Thing. So we'll have to, maybe we'll set you up with Skype before we, we record the Patreon episode today. Okay. Okay. I know that as an old man, you don't like new technology. Um, but I don't like new technology. I, I've never used Skype before. Uh, well, it's yeah. really easy because you're going to put an app on your phone 
and then I'm going to call you on it, and uh, that's going to handle the rest. All right. Sounds easy enough. What's up with you, Sydney? Well, I'm currently um, not allowed to go to work because uh, a cook at my job tested positive for COVID, and um, we all had to go get tested, and I don't know when we're going to reopen the restaurant, which is really frustrating because I, I can't go to uh, work at Starbucks. I'm not allowed there. Uh, and I can't go to my other job because it's closed. And um, I don't have paid time off. So um, COVID is really fucking with my income. And um, it makes me mad. And I, my guess is that... Um, I'm not at risk for having contracted COVID. I mean, the cook, I worked one shift with this person. They're in the kitchen. I'm on the floor. We don't interact or share the same airspace. Like, the kitchen has its own, like, venting system. Like, it has totally separate air circulation. So, like, also some of my coworkers think that this person is lying about having COVID, which seems like a really fucked up thing to do. Um, but they are saying that the, that the cook is doing it for attention. Um, and I'm like, I don't know that anyone would lie about this, but then on my day off, my boss made appointments for all of us to go get COVID tested, which was a thing because, um, Arizona is number one in the country right now for infections, uh, and deaths. And, um, there's a shortage of tests. So uh, the first day I made an appointment for myself and I went and by the time I got there, they were out of rapid tests. They were out of the ones that come back in two to three days. All they had left were tests that take uh, four to six weeks to get results. And I uh, was like, well, that doesn't help me go back to work sooner. Um, so my boss was able to secure testing for all of us and we had to go to the place to get it done. And um I ended up having an anxiety attack because I've already been COVID tested and it was so fucking painful. Um, like I had to do the drive-through testing when I had a cold like a month ago and it was so fucking painful. Like it, it, they rape your nostrils and, um, they had warned me that they said, grab the steering wheel and not me. Um, cause it's going to hurt. So then I ended up having a total fucking anxiety meltdown at urgent care where we were getting tested at because I knew what was coming and I felt like I don't even want to be getting this done. I don't, I don't have any symptoms. I wasn't really exposed. Um, my employment's contingent on this. And then um, the doctor came to an agreement that she would just do one nostril <laughs> uh, instead of both. And um, it ended up she was more gentle than the people at the drive-thru testing. But... Uh, it was really uh, a thing. Um, and then afterwards, my stupid coworkers uh, were like in a text thread like, oh, my God, they said my blood pressure was so high. Oh, my God, they said everyone's blood pressure was so high because we were so nervous. And I just like had to resist the urge to respond with, I don't know about blood pressure, but they told me my pussy's the tightest. So because um, <laughs> I'm a shithead and that is like my first impulse in any situation when it's people I don't like is to say something like t so inappropriate um like I just want to I want to draw a very clear line um that will make you never want to communicate with me ever again while you're talking about your stupid fucking blood pressures I just want to let you know that my pussy is tighter than any of yours 
um, and the doctor and I are having drinks later. So, uh, so that's happening. Um, I don't like it. Uh, and um, uh, we got an inflatable pool. So. Oh, an inflatable pool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. We, we've had it for one day, and we already decided we're going to upgrade. Um, and I'm actually going to build a pool. Um, they're called hillbilly hot tubs where you take, uh, it's called a stock tank that you would feed farm animals with. Like it's a giant galvanized, uh, steel tub. It's a tub. Um, and we're going to get one that's eight feet, uh, in diameter, uh, and two feet high. And then you drill a hole and you put a pump in it and it works just like a normal pool. Um, so we're, we're going to do that. We're just, uh. They're sold out of them at the feed store by our house, but they're getting a shipment in Friday. So we're going to try to nab one of these tubs um, and build, uh, I mean, it's a semi-permanent pool. It has a filtration system and everything. And then uh, we're going to build like a little gazebo over it and um, just make, uh, make the best, make the best of summer in Arizona. Yeah, that sounds, sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, I was really excited that Zach was on board with it, um, because I just was like, this, this will be fun and I can't afford to do this. So, uh, <laughs> like, can you pay for it and I'll do the labor? Um, and he said, yeah, so I'm going to build a pool. Yeah. That should be, that should be exciting. Yeah. A fun project. Yeah, exactly. I always need a project to keep me busy. And the thing about the inflatable pool is, number one, you have to drain the water and refill it often because there is no filtration. And number two, I think we already have a small hole in it. Um, so uh -huh. it's like, what are we going to do? We're going to just keep buying. And it was hard to find this pool because public pools are closed. Um, they're sold out. Like inflatable pools are sold out everywhere so we had to drive like two cities over to the outskirts of the valley um way outside of phoenix uh because there was one left at a target and uh so it's not like we could even if we wanted to be wasteful and buy a new inflatable pool every week it's not an option because they're sold out everywhere um everyone's just soaking in their covid tanks i guess <laughs> yeah so where does where does the pool go? I, I don't imagine you have a lawn that it sits on. Is well, on gravel or something. Yeah. Or? So our backyard, we have like the the most most of it is fake grass, um, and then it basically like the width of the house is fake grass, and then the sides on back to the you know the front gates are is um, rock. So we're gonna shovel the rock out of the way. Um, and level it off and then put the pool in and then kind of push the rocks back against it and have some little like stepping pavers um, so we can step to the pool. Um, and then I'm kind of looking at options to build like a, a cheap pergola, some sort of awning over it so that um, yeah. it's not in direct right. sunlight because it is terrible yeah. out here. Um, and then, you know, yeah. may maybe over time, like, we'll build, like, some decking out of old shipping pallets or something. Um, but, you know, one thing at a time. I'm, I'm looking at it. I think it's going to be nice because our, our backyard's really bare. We never hang out out there. 
Um, so it, any way we can make our backyard like a nice little oasis. And the main thing is it doesn't, it doesn't have any shade. There's no uh, roof easement or anything like that. So, um, you know, put a pool back there, put some shade, and we're going to be in business. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Just get one of those umbrella things, even or something, you know, like a beach umbrella in down to it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Okay. But then, like, part of me goes because to buy like uh, an umbrella or like an easy up to cover it is going to be like almost a hundred dollars. And so then, yeah. part of me is like, well, to build a bamboo pergola, I could do it for two hundred and thirty. So why spend a hundred dollars? Just save up for the more permanent thing um unless maybe i can find like a cheap awning or umbrella on, on offer up or craigslist because uh, i do enjoy yeah. those i try to buy used whenever i can if i can find like i always check for a, when i'm buying something a used version of it first because uh, i don't want to contribute to waste um so i'm i'm very much always perusing you know, thrift shops and offer up and Craigslist to before I buy new. But you can't always find what you need on those. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> I I tried to buy Scott McNulty a flashlight on one, and I just couldn't find one. <laughs> no, I've never actually bought anything on offer up, but I do have some stuff that I want to sell on there. Some old bike stuff. You know, kids' bikes and trailer and things that my kids got thrown out of and I'll never use again, so. Yeah, that's the best place make, to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, just make room. So. Yeah, one of these days I'll get around to it. Yeah, until then, just uh, just continue making piles, piles of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I've just got, like, my stable of bike stuff. bikes do you have? Like, I think I have like five. Or I have like four or five, but then Charlie has a couple and there's a couple of trailers and a bike trailer. It's all just a mess. How many bikes bike do you stuff. ride? Just one? Let's see. One main one. Yeah, I have four. One main one, the most utilitarian one. One that's like a beach cruiser that's just, you know, silly almost a throwaway at this point. Like, I'll leave that one outside, you know, all summer sometimes. <laughs> just, so I don't have to carry, just so I don't have to carry a bike up and down on the basement. Yeah. And then I've got like a, a road bike, a fancy road bike, and also a fat bike with like four inch tires. Oh. But it's fun to ride around the park. Because you don't have to stick to the trail. It, just, it doesn't matter where you go. It's over rocks and tree thumps. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, it can happen. I've, I've tried to get stuck in mud. And it's I, I can't get stuck in mud. You can't get stuck? Found the right mud. I just haven't found the right mud. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it, it goes anywhere. It's pretty cool. Pretty fun. Yeah, that's what I've always said about you, is he hasn't found the right mud. 
<laughs> One of these days. One of these days he'll find the right mud. I'm going to keep looking, like always. Yeah. Do you want anything else, or should we go download Skype? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be in my Pilates, uh, like the Pilates company I go to. I'm going to be in their newsletter, I think, which is really weird and awkward. And they took a picture of me on the worst day ever. Um, uh -huh. so if that gets published, I'll share it with everyone. Uh, cause they took a picture of me at my 6.30 AM class where I don't shower or brush my hair before I go there. And my clothes definitely didn't match. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, yeah, they just, they were saying, cause our class was empty and they were like, the studio just reopened and at first it had really full classes and now it seems to be dwindling. Um, and it's possibly because our COVID rates are so high that people are going back to isolating, which is totally smart. Um, and I said, well, no matter what happens, um, with COVID, I'm going to be here as long as the studio's open because when I do Pilates, my white blood cell count is double what it is otherwise. And, like, I have the records to prove that, that, you know, it was in a certain range. And then I took a year off of Pilates and just did normal gym workouts. And I know what it was during that year. And then when I started back up again, it doubled back up. And so they were like, oh, my God, that's so amazing. Um we're, we want to write about you. What a success story. And I was like, oh. I mean, that I, it is kind of cool, right? That, like, whatever magic is in Pilates does so much for my system that despite working out the same amount of time before I, you know, like, there's a, there's a marked improvement in my blood work, uh, but also, like, I'm, I'm a little bit shy, <laughs> which sounds weird. Uh, coming from a podcaster so uh, like I usually don't talk in class or at the studio so then I was like oh no I opened this bag of worms and now everyone's gonna get this email about me and um, <laughs> and they're gonna talk to me in person and it's gonna be like a whole thing uh, but that's okay that's okay I mean I do I do um, really believe in Pilates as like a rehabilitation and like health practice so I guess that's cool. I guess that's cool. I, I, I mean, fuck everyone who goes. They're like the worst rich white ladies. Um, they're worried their children are becoming radicalized. I heard that conversation outside the studio. They were worried. They're, they're, <laughs> based on Facebook posts, they are worried their kids were becoming radicalized, which I think is fucking awesome. Like, fuck your stupid mom. The only job she's ever had in her life is uh, ignoring your dad's affairs. So, like, you know, get radical for sure. Um, but it's just, yeah, they're so, it's so not like, I'm just, I don't fit into that demographic of people who do it, so. Now, what, I'm familiar with the term, but I don't know what Pilates actually is. What, what is, what is involved with Pilates? Um, it is very similar to, I would say, yoga. Um, there are apparatus involved. It's from this guy named Joseph Pilates, who I believe around World War II created this workout system using his military bunk. Like, he modified it. And um, he created it for, like, muscle rehab and strengthening. 
And um, it's basically, it's a lot of core and like a lot of core strength and not just like working your vanity muscles, but working your actual core muscles so that like your pelvis and your spine are positioned properly. Um, a lot of like work to position your shoulders and stuff. And so it is, um, you do really slow movements um, because that way you're not working like you're not getting um, momentum from your large muscle groups. It's making all these smaller muscles work to hold your skeleton in proper alignment. Um, but a lot of people, they get into it because they've had like a bad back injury or spine surgery um, or like, cause for me, like that's what it does. It helps me. Otherwise my back hurts so bad. I, you know, I spend like one or two days a week just laying flat on my back, staring at the ceiling. That's what I was doing. Uh, before Pilates, but um, it's also good for women because it does work the smaller muscle groups and it works the muscles in balance that you build up a lot of strength, but you don't build up big muscles. So whereas like what men do where they're pumping iron and they're working their biceps and their triceps like exclusively and they're working them in a manner to make them build. Pilates is working everything evenly in a way to make it strong. So you get strength without bulk um and it's what like you'll see skinny like hollywood women is what they do yeah okay um but yeah i proselytize about it a lot um i'm like i'm about to take a test because like i'm the way i'm moving up in my advancements um i'm at a level where i can take higher level classes but i have to test into them uh, so I'm going to do the test so I can get into the higher level classes because uh, I started doing yoga over quarantine and um, it's been a nice compliment to Pilates where like I had kind of plateaued um, and now I've like kind of advanced really quickly over the past couple months. So, you know, not a big deal. Just moving up to level two, level 2.5. No big deal. Um, hashtag, hashtag core champion. Um, cause like, yeah, my core strength is super, um, super strong, not a big deal. Uh, you know, it's just the foundation of health, whatever. Um, I'll, I, I'm also, I'm grinding at the core muscles like really hard because when I have my surgery, I won't be able to work my core for like probably at least four weeks. So I'm like, let me get as strong as possible so that when my muscles atrophy over that period of time, I'm not veal. Like, let me take as many steps forward uh, before I have to take a couple back. Um, is my there was a guy? Oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, speaking of, speaking of core strength, uh, the the world record for planking was recently broken by a 63 year old guy who planked for eight hours and 15 minutes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell objectively. Like, you can kind of tell by looking at someone whether they're doing a plank correctly, but there's so many little nuances that only the person doing it can feel. So, like, there are ways to do, like, little micro-adjustments that actually take some of the work out of your core. So it's one of those things that's, like, I don't know if you can objectively judge i mean he did anything for eight hours is impressive but like you know so with, what i'm getting you're accusing the 63 year old former marine uh world record holder 
for planking. You're accusing him of some sort of fraud? I'm just, I'm just saying he may have tilted his pelvis a little and taken the, the, the effort out of his core into his arms for, you know, a couple minutes and then shifted it back into the core. And then nobody uh, was the wiser. Uh, oh. I thought you supported the troops. I don't, actually. Um, <laughs> I actually... Here's the thing is, I support human beings. Um, I do not support most of what our military does, and I actually feel bad for the people in the military for being forced to do it um, because people join the military for a bunch of reasons. Um, some of them patriotism, some of them because there are no economic prospects based on their background, um, you know, some want this career, they want to support their family, whatever. And then they're forced into fighting unjust wars and getting life-altering injuries and PTSD. And I don't think any of it's fair. Um, and recently, our National Guard has been activated um, to fight peaceful protesters. And I don't think that that is fair for those people who, you know, one of my friends, her spouse is in the military and he has been on standby in case shit pops off. And he's, like, missing shifts at his actual job where he makes money to go sit and wait to be, like, pretend G.I. Joe um, for no fucking reason, really. Uh, so, I mean, I, so I, I do support people. I do not support the uh, military, per se. Well, I say God bless those troops that are guarding those poppy fields in Afghanistan, because otherwise <laughs> the, ta- the Taliban would burn them down, and then we wouldn't have all that delicious opium. Well, you, so, <laughs> you have... But God bless those troops. God yeah. bless those troops. Um, well, you know that's a real thing, right? I do know that's a real thing. Um, yeah. I It's... It's fucking... I had a friend recently break down to me why um, religious Jews support Donald Trump, and it has to do with, like, the money and troop support he's given to help Israel expand and take over Palestinian land. Um, And she, like, explained to me the whole history, um, and she sent me some maps to show how uh, Israel... Because I assumed that these were, like, defined borders. Like, this is Israel. This is Palestine. And she's like, no, Israel wasn't even a fucking thing. And then, you know, uh, they put, they created this state to get rid of Jews, to send them there. And now they are slowly taking over and spreading out into Palestinian, like stealing Palestinian land. Um, and she's like, because she works for religious Jews that are big Trump supporters. And I just thought, oh, that's weird. Like, because he's kind of a bigot uh, and racist and a piece of shit. Um, and then she's like, no, because he's actually helped. They think this is like their divine right to own this land. And the fact that Donald Trump has helped fund this military takeover makes religious Jews think he's okay. And I was like, oh, huh. The, it, it doesn't seem right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and then Kushner, Kushner's a Jew. His son-in-law is Jew. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny to see Trump wearing a yarmulke. Like, at the, uh, when he was at, like, the Wailing Wall. <laughs> that photo op. I just feel like any religious person should be so offended by him invoking 
their religion, like him waving that upside down Bible after he just pelted uh-huh. innocent people with tear gas and rubber, rubber bullets. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but no, there's no way he is a Christian in any way. He doesn't behave or speak like a Christian in any fucking way. And it's, it should be offensive to Christians that he is like of invoking their religion. I'd be like, keep my fucking religion out of your goddamn mouth because you're a monster. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's just pandering to the faith or whatever. I don't know. Great. Yeah, someone... So I retweeted this thread on Twitter that I found to be very educational. And it was about how the Confederacy didn't die after the Civil War, how those beliefs were just absorbed into America and are persistent, like that culture and belief system is persistent within our government and system since the civil war. Like it's not like, Oh, we defeated the South. And so these Confederate ideologies have now died. It's like, no, we've just incorporated them into our government and our way of thinking with, you know, Jim Crow laws and redlining and all this stuff. And they tied it all the way up until, um, like, uh, the people who are afraid of the new, was it the new one world order and all this stuff, which my parents were that they were very much like, um, conspiracy theories about the one world government and all this stuff. And, uh, the, this person who's a professional historian, like tied this sort of like train of thinking and this fear of, of black people and fear of the other, um, and how it is still like just well alive and thriving in America. Um, anyways, Everyone should follow me on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but I did retweet that because I thought it was very interesting, and I will probably reread it as I do with things. Um, so, I think what the last thing I retweeted was: I think that F is for Family season four is available on that. It sure, it sure um, is. So I would suggest everyone if they haven't watched it at all, they go start with season one. But, uh, but yeah, now there's a whole, a whole new season to watch. One of the best shows ever. Um, I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too busy. Hey, I'm um, too busy watching summer camp movies with, uh, Owen. So. Yeah. I'm too busy doing, uh, jigsaw puzzles. And now I've gotten back into playing Civilization 6. Ooh. On the Nintendo, so that's a huge time suck. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I went through most. I went through most of the Quar without without uh, becoming sort of civilization, but uh, I've been playing it the past couple weeks. Pretty fun. Now you're back say. in. You're Pretty back fun. in deep. I'm back in. It's gonna waste time. Might as well have fun, right? I guess. Oh, you know what I want to say um, also before um, we end this is Bailey, who was on our episode about sustainability, was recently laid off from their job, and um, it is very unfortunate. Uh, However, because Bailey is like a super wizard with homesteading and making things and growing things, um, they have a an online store um, called omoon.bigcartel.com, and they are selling things that they made 
like all organic, all natural. They have this hand salve that's really great for washing your or moisturizing your hands, which like most people just started washing their hands regularly, so their skin's very dry. Um, and so, despite being laid off, Bailey is still uh, donating um, five out of every fifteen dollars to um, a uh, Native American COVID relief fund. Um, so check out omoon.bigcartel.com um, because Bailey is an amazing person and they make really cool stuff. Uh, and I just, uh, I don't, I don't like that, uh, you know, people are going through it. The world's hard Yeah, enough. for sure. Ba <laughs> Bailey's awesome. That was a great episode about sustainability. Yeah, they, they're kind of like, I feel, I don't, I don't like to use people, but I feel that, um, Bailey uh, educates me on a lot of things, um, and I really appreciate people like that, where I have vague ideas running around in my mush brain, and so I appreciate people who are smarter than me and willing to talk to me about stuff. Um, so, yeah, big, big ups to smart people for being patient uh, with others who are trying to learn. <coughs> Aren't we all sitting? We <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think know. I've got, I think I've got this um, cord, like reliably in in place. If we want to try and record. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do. The microphone. All right. Well, let's call this a pup date. Um, oh, I guess to make it a true pup date. Um, in addition to hand feeding of crows now, mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm back to petting. Uh, the, the oh, good! Crows. I pet her. I've been petting her. You had to she eventually. Yeah, I think I I've, I appreciate um, petting her more than she does. She's really she's just happy with truth. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, she's just all about I, the food. She's all about those snacks. <laughs> aren't we aren't we all aren't we all yeah, i think so yeah um well my pup date is that frank is still awesome and ralphie is a little shit uh who we are working on um he is, we call him charles barkley bob barker scotty pipsqueak um because he uh despite weighing weighing only four pounds um he has as much to say as a whole goddamn choir, and uh, I am working on it. But he's he's not being great lately. Ralphie! I know. He's so cute, and he is the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get away with it, is by um, being adorable. So, uh, yeah. what are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah, well... We, we're stuck know. with him now, I guess. Yeah. Eh. Eh. He'll pull through. Yeah. So, uh, that's uh, for a future pup date. We'll keep track. Yeah, we'll keep uh, track of how awful he is uh, week by week. <laughs> um, all, everyone, subscribe to our Patreon. It's only a dollar. I was really happy with the way the last episode I did with Scott McNulty turned out. It was very raw. It felt very old school Simone Shea style. Um, Rob and I are about to record a super cool episode, um, about a dirty cop. Cause while we're all saying fuck the police, um, sometimes the police fuck your children. 
um, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, only on Patreon, so give us that dollar.